Welcome to PeopleSoft Chat. Our guest this episode is Lorene Ingram, HRMS ERP Systems Leader at Westfield Group. Lorene is responsible for the strategic direction and feature uptake for PeopleSoft HCM and is the president of the Oracle PeopleSoft Ohio Regional User Group. Now, here's your podcast host, Senior Director of Product Strategy at Oracle, Robin Valida. Okay, welcome to the podcast, and I'd like to welcome Laureen Ingram joining us today. She uh, works for Westfield in the HRIT organization. Uh, Laureen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Robin. It's good to be here. Yeah. When I was thinking about putting together this podcast, you're one of the first people I did think about interviewing because I always find it intriguing how Westfield, being a relatively smaller organization compared to the other customers we have with PeopleSoft, but have so many different types of employees mm-hmm. for a small organization. Um, but before we get into that, can you uh, just talk a little bit about what you do at uh, Westfield and what are some of your responsibilities there? Sure. I am the HRMS ERP systems leader, mm-hmm. which is a very long title for not such a big job. Um, My team is responsible for maintaining, implementing, and upgrading uh, the PeopleSoft HCM system. Um, I have a team of three analysts, and we work closely with the business, which is mostly the HR department and our developers. I think there's six developers. All work's done in-house. We've only used a consultant once in the past 12 years. So we try and stay up to date on everything as much as possible. That's pretty impressive, right? Because um, I think many of our customers do rely on consultants. Maybe they have them on retainer or they use them during peak times. Um, But for you guys to be able to do everything in-house, I think it's kind of indicative of the personality of Westfield, right? You guys try to get as much done on your own. Right. And I'm a do-it-yourselfer. So <laughs> I like, I like my team to really understand what's going on. And I think they do too. They're, yeah. they're hard learners. Yeah. And it provides learning opportunities. I've met many of your teammates um, at ORUG, the Ohio Regional User Group, as well as uh, other conferences where um, they're there to learn. You know, they're always asking questions, always taking notes. I get the sense that when they get back to the office, they share, they share with others who may not have been there and, those are the types of customers that are, in my view, successful with PeopleSoft because they take the time to learn things, even things that you may not be looking at implementing now, but you want to know for the future. Definitely. We've actually gone back and started reviewing people books again because there's been so many things implemented and you kind of get stuck in your little world of, of just maintaining that you forget that there's opportunity out there for improvement. So we've started reviewing people books to see what's out there. And I've actually found some things that I, I knew that we needed and is now available. So we actually turn around and implemented it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, actually yeah. that's a, it's good to hear some positive things about people's people books. Uh, <laughs> so, sometimes, um, you know, we have a great team that works on documenting our, our all of our functionality uh, what other types of sources are you guys uh, typically looking at for for learning? Because we get that we get that question a lot, and and we do refer people to Oracle University, but we don't always have mm-hmm. all the content out there because um, it's hard for us to predict what people are going to be interested in. What's been some of the sources of information that you guys have used to learn? Some of our best sources have been 
the OREG, the regional user group, or even other user groups uh, going to collaborate and we connect or reconnect that are sponsored by Quest. Mm -hmm. Just networking with those people. We've also used the Oracle community a lot to talk with other people and, and research things that, that they've been trying to do or that we're trying to do and maybe somebody else has already done. That's usually where we get most of our information. Yeah, and you know, over the years, I've been working with PeopleSoft for a while, and it never ceases to amaze me how willing PeopleSoft customers are to share what they know, um, and how they're, uh, many customers are, 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 I don't know if humble is the right word, but they don't realize how much they know and how important it is for other people to know. They always say, mm -hmm. they always tell me, oh, I'm sure that customer knows that already. No, don't assume that. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's always been amazing how to see how PeopleSoft customers have been willing to help each other. What, what has, what's been your experience there? Yeah, the PeopleSoft community has just been great. I, I've been working with PeopleSoft since uh, mid 90s, right? So I think it was back in 7.5. 7 and even then, uh, we had connections with other users and even vendors and, and consultants are happy to help answer questions mm -hmm. without having to pay for it. You know, um, it's just been a wonderful community to, to be part of for all these years. Yeah. Um, and this kind of ties back to <clears throat> uh, working with working at Westfield with the types of employees you have. Have you seen some examples of how other customers have done things that you want to do? I mean, is that something that's common or are you, do you have to kind of fish around to find the right customer that's done something specifically what you want to eventually do? You know, I, what I found most helpful is when customers do sessions at conferences, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, Wells Fargo is a classic example. They have done so much, but they have a huge team. They've had the ability to do all of that development work and be able to leverage the system to its fullest extent. And we can take that information, watch their stories and read about what they've done and turn around and be able to apply it to our population be just because it's so varied. I mean, we're, we do full position management. When I came into Westfield, I had no idea what it was because mm -hmm. we always did everything through job at my other company. Um, just uh, e-performance and uh, how how you can manage security in a in a better light. Uh, Wells Fargo just has some really great sessions out there that we've seen, and you know Westfield's done their own too. And a lot of people have enjoyed a lot of our sessions too. Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned that, and a couple of those examples are really right on the money, particularly around position management, because we position management really started with our public sector organizations that basically had a mandate to do that. And for the longest time, it didn't go past them. Uh, but then our higher ed customers mm -hmm. started to look at it. Then it became more of a, well, if you've got thousands and thousands of positions, and if you're a large organization, you should look at position management. Otherwise, you know, you don't really need to, but it's come to be a very much a best practice and something that we recommend something that probably any PeopleSoft consultant out there worth worth a, worth anything would be recommending, you know, implementing some type of position management. And then here you have someone like a, a Wells Fargo that that kind of presents it. 
And I, there are some customers that are cynical and say, well, Wells Fargo, you know, they're not like us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're so big, they're global, they do this, they do that. They're not like us. So we, we don't have anything to learn from them, but I, I think we do. I think we all can learn from, from everybody because you, you don't, you, you, you shouldn't assume that what they're going through is not what you're going through because HR is HR everywhere you look. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't matter the size of your organization. It, it matters how the functionality works and whether it works for you or if there's something that you can tweak to make it work for you. If you don't understand it and you don't know what's out there, then it, it doesn't help. And, and listening and watching other users and how they use the system and, and leverage it to its fullest extent is where we gain that knowledge that we need. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, you know, you touched on your experience with, O-Rug, um, you're actually the president yes. of, of O-Rug, O-Rug being the Ohio Regional User Group, a PeopleSoft, Oracle PeopleSoft uh, user group. Um, and you guys were meeting, used to meet once a year, then you moved to twice a year, spring and the fall. Um, tell, tell everybody a little bit about um, O-Rug and your experience with O-Rug and what you guys have been trying to accomplish there. Sure. Um- when I started going to OROG, it was in some little place in Columbus, and then it expanded, and now we hold two sessions a year, well, we try to, at OCLC. It's in Dublin, Ohio, which is a, a suburb of Columbus. Um, and when I took over as president, I realized that there was more opportunity than what we were doing because it just felt like it was getting smaller and smaller. And I don't know if it was because, you know, people were jumping off of PeopleSoft or, or what. And I said, there's got to have, there's got to be some opportunity here to really showcase what O-Rug's all about. So we made the decision to expand O-Rug to include Oracle Cloud on top of PeopleSoft, because there are a lot of companies that do integrate the both of those systems. So at, for the 2000. 19 in 2020 see well actually the 2020 season we were going to do this, this huge marketing of now we're ohio regional user group for people soft and oracle cloud but then COVID hit so we had to cancel mm-hmm. all of our sessions yeah i mean everything just kind of came down to a halt there right anything yeah. conference related and um, we're seeing that even in the larger conferences um, that Oracle puts on or PeopleSoft or Quest or any other groups uh, are putting on. Um, But in general, what's been the experience, um, you know, short of what's been happening this year, but what's been the experience or the feedback you've been getting from people who attend uh, O-Rug? I know you've got some people that, you know, attend religiously, right? Mm -hmm. They're there every year, uh, no matter what. Uh, And then sometimes I see some new folks um, uh, when I, when I come for visit too. So what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten from attendees? People love the face-to-face. They really do. They, they enjoy getting together and, you know, maybe seeing people they only see once a year or even some of the sessions that, that we've been holding for these past couple of years, especially panel discussions. Uh, there, a lot of our members enjoy coming and just listening to what other users are doing with the system or how they're handling situations. Um, the whole group panel discussion seems to be one of the, the most well-attended sessions that we have, but we do have breakout sessions for HCM and financials and even uh, people tools. 
and technology. And there we get roundtable sessions going where people just sit there and talk to one another. And Robin, you've come and, and done your roadmap presentation and mm -hmm. the, your HCM presentation is also one of the most well-attended sessions that we have. I think people just really enjoy getting together and talking to one another and just having that time away from the office to just talk people off. Yeah, no, and, and, and they, everyone has a lot of great questions and it's, it's interesting that there is an intersection between all these customers are in different parts. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll talk to one customer that's still on 9-1 looking to make that move to 9-2, but they're part of a larger organization, maybe they're public sector, they're having issues with budgets or what have you. But that doesn't mean they still can't understand and take advantage of some of the things that are available in the system, particularly if they're up to date on tools. Right. And so I, I, I spend some time, you know, I'll answer questions, but I, a lot of times I'll spend time matching customers with other customers. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, what, hey, I just talked to this customer. They just implemented, you know, that feature. You guys should you guys should talk. And like you said earlier, you learn a lot from customers yeah. uh, more so than you probably from from someone like me that's trying to talk about you know roadmap things that may or may or may not be um you know within reach let's say in the short term a lot of customers that come there have immediate issues they're trying to get resolved and oh yeah it's a really great really great opportunity to do that yeah and we get people from not just like the mid-ohio area they come from cleveland they come from uh, Pittsburgh or even yep. Southern Michigan. They're from all over the region. Yeah. Cincinnati too. Um, yeah. yeah, bunch of, yeah. Bunch, of, bunch of folks. Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, Columbus in particular has a lot of, we have a lot of people solve customers there and there are a lot of headquarters in, in Columbus. Columbus is a big, mm -hmm. big, big city. And, um, um, and there's plenty of people solve customers in and around Ohio for sure. I love it there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I get a chance to talk to other regional user groups um, around the country. Um, I'd like to ask you a couple of things around what do you suggest to customers that may not be a part of a, of a community, a PeopleSoft community? Um, do you have any advice for them in terms of what you think they should do? Is it a good idea for them to get hooked up into a regional community? And, and, um, and yeah. what advice would you may have for them? I would be surprised if they're if they're not part of a regional community. It just kind of makes sense to me that if you are willing to network with other people who use PeopleSoft who are in your area, you learn so much more and you gain that kind of like that friendship with somebody where you can bounce things off of. I mean, that's what everybody does. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's how you learn. <laughs> that's how you learn. You're exactly right. Um, I, uh, I'm still surprised that we, I mean, the majority of our customers are connected. You know, if they're not connected with a regional user group, um, you're right. In some way, they're connected with the national user groups like the higher ed user group, Quest and others. Uh, but I still run into, I would say, you know, every couple of weeks, I'll run into a customer that we just haven't talked to. And they're just not connected. They're, I, I think in many cases, they rely on their consultants uh, to keep up to date with what's going on with PeopleSoft. And then they just go by that. But I'm, I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. I'd like to hear your mm -hmm. thoughts on those customers that do it that way. And then I, I'd like to share my own. But what do you think about those customers that are not engaged because they're relying on someone else to be engaged for them and just kind of tell them what they need to know? Wow, I... 
I never thought of it that way, to be honest <laughs> with you. <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm, I'm one of those people that really needs to know what's going on with my system. And I, I highly don't recommend uh, just giving the reins to somebody else and say, hey, have at it. Just let me know if there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that actually scares me a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, oh, mean, I highly I would, don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in some cases, you know, to be fair, that, that's just w- the way it is at that organization, or they inherited that, I'm sure. that situation. Um, but I, I usually tell those customers that, hey, I mean, it doesn't cost you much, especially these days if it's a virtual event to attend these events anyway. And then question your consultant and say, hey, I just learned about drop zones in a, in a session, for example. Mm-hmm. What do you guys know about that? And if your partner will come back and say, oh, well, this is what a drop zone is and this is how we can use it, then that means you've got a good partner. You've got right. one that's engaged with us and that maybe it is okay that you rely on them um, a little bit more uh, to know what's going on. But if they say, I don't know what a drop zone is, but what is it that you're trying to customize? I can do that for you. That's when I get concerned <laughs> because mm-hmm. you know we, we want our customers to employ the latest technology when they do customizations, not doing it the old school way because the old school way is is costly in the long run. Right. I would definitely uh, advise against customizations if you don't have to. And uh, yeah, if you have a cus- if you have a consultant that says, "Well, we can customize it without even looking at new functionality," then I would question that relationship. And it's supposed to be a partnership anyway. What, so what do you guys do in terms of, um, I've met some of your team and um, I know you guys have a good team, but you, I'm sure you don't always agree uh, when the business wants something and, and uh, you're pushing back because it may be a potential customization. Can you talk a little bit about what your strategy is around uh, potential customizations these days in PeopleSoft? Yeah, we do a lot of research to try and figure out what's the best way to do something that the business wants. And we will give them options. We'll say, hey, you know, you can put it in a drop zone or we can uh, do the, the data masking to hide it or page and field configurator to remove a field on a page. But if you want to do it as a customization, here are the, here are the downfalls for that. And we, we present it all to them and they usually make the right decision. <laughs> wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> Yeah. So you, so it's, it's more collaborative. It sounds like. Um, yeah. We have a great relationship with the business and the developers and especially implementing agile project management. I think that's opened up communication a lot more. We've only been doing it for a few weeks, but we've already seen the benefits in, in being agile. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, Cause yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's an interesting topic. Um, uh, you know, for for us at Oracle PeopleSoft as an organization, we had to transition to agile. Um, I think if we didn't, I think we'd be in some dire straits right now because up until, you know, 9.2 came out, we were still in waterfall and we were taking, you know, between 18 to 36 months to deliver a release. And wow. That's not, yeah, I mean, it's almost laughable at this point, right? If you think about, sure. if you were to ask me to do something now and I'd say, okay, we'll, we'll get it on the list and the earliest I can get it to you is 2023, uh, that just doesn't fly these days. And so I'm glad that our leadership saw that uh, and led us through the transition because that was really an important thing because it touched every single part of our operation. 
you know, That's from great. support to development, to QA, even to sales support and, and the other, other organizations that we have supporting us. Can you talk a little bit about your uh, decision to move to Agile and what your, I mean, I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but kind of what's been your experience <laughs> so far, at least you could tell us. Uh, right. It, they've implemented it with a couple of other systems um, on the claim side of Westfield. And on the PeopleSoft side, we said, yeah, we'll pilot it. We'll see how it goes because we've seen where our projects just really grind and grind and grind, you know, um, especially when you're trying to implement just even um, updating classic to fluid. Some of those projects just take so long. So we said, yeah, we'll implement it. So we are on our first iteration of Agile. I haven't gone through any formal training and, and neither has my team, but we're being coached by someone who has gone through the training and it, it seems to be going very well. And everybody who's involved in this first iteration, when you sit down and you just talk about what needs to be done and what you can get done over that two week period and everybody getting together every day and just talking through issues is is really enlightening, I think, for a lot of folks who maybe not understood the complexity around development and getting something done. It, it's been exciting and I'm really looking forward to doing more of our projects, some of the bigger projects using Agile. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's one of probably the unsung benefits of moving to Agile and that's the visibility. Mm -hmm. There's more people now are have visibility into the process and into the challenges that are, that that people are having right. instead of having for example a developer go away for 3 months to build something and come back you know emerging from a cloud of dust saying <laughs> i am done here you go here you go qa go at it i'm going to go move on to the next project you 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 kind of see it developing as you go and I, and I think you said you're a product owner yes. in the role in the role of the product owner in agile which is a very important role uh, but it's also a very exciting role because I have that role too oh yeah and I get to see the <laughs> development of a feature as it goes on now I have to like you will have to make some important decisions mm-hmm. um, which you know may keep you up at night sometimes but at least the decision is made everybody knows it you know, you can make decisions to cut scope or to redo things. Um, and then the developer gets a chance to, to, uh, to tell their side of the story, which is, Hey, if you want me to redo this, then I can't do something else. Yeah. Right. And, and everybody is all on the same page. So I, it, it's been, it hasn't been an easy road for us. I can tell you that with, with, with all candor, mm-hmm. but it's, was a necessary road. And, and, and for the most part, it's been very successful for us. Yeah, we, we definitely feel that it's necessary. And, and the rest of the organization is going to move to Agile, even if it's just not even non-system products and project management, they're going to move to an Agile. So because we work directly with HR and our developers and even some non-HR business, they're getting that exposure before they have to start it. So I think it's really going to be beneficial for everybody. And I'm, I'm excited to see how quickly we can get through development of something that I know normally would take six months. I'm hoping it would only take a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for some people, particularly the developers, that could be a scary notion. Um, But once you, once you get into it, you start to realize that um, it's more of a kind of a 
develop as you go type model. And the more buy-in you get early on, the less contingency plans you need to make. So the development cycle becomes shorter overall. And, you know, if I had to, if I could wave a magic wand, I would try to get all of our customers to implement some type of agile methodology because then it would match up with what we're doing, which is delivering new functionality every couple months. Yeah. Um, for those that are still under waterfall, it doesn't quite jive, right? I mean, we come out with new features every couple months, but they're on a longer cycle. So they are constantly adjusting their scope. And, and, and once they do that cutoff, they can't take advantage of anything new until that release cycle is done. Right. And, and uh, you know, we can't match up that well. Yeah, we're we actually a little concerned about how we're going to handle uh, upgrades and getting current uh, using Agile because our process through Waterfall has been very consistent and we've got it down pat and we know exactly what we need to do. So we're a little concerned about switching over to Agile when it comes to a process that actually works, but I don't think that we're probably going to do that right off the bat. I think we're going to just do it with new projects to start and see how, see how we can get some momentum before we take an existing project and change it. I agree. You know, um, there's because there's two parts to when we talk to customers about their update strategy. One is how do you stay current with mm-hmm. you know things that you have to have to do, and then the other is how do you take on new features. Right. And if at least one of those, um, and I would start with new features myself if I were you um, yeah. to to employ agile because you know your update process, you know it inside and out. It works. You've got it down to a science, hopefully, and and time is of the essence with that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do that one first. <laughs> no, would, we're not. <laughs> I would want to do it because because a new feature, if it doesn't, if, if if for some reason things go sideways, it's just a new feature. Right. Um, but if you're trying to get current, that can impact a bunch of other folks and keep you offline for a while. So I I, I get that decision. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. What What are some of the uh, I, I mentioned earlier on that um, you guys are uh, kind of a a unique group because you're a smaller organization relative to the other PeopleSoft customers, but you have so many different types of employees. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that in particular? And then also what are some of the HR um, initiatives you have going on at Westfield that sure. maybe other customers would find interesting? Okay. Yeah, we have um, basically four classifications of employees. You've got your regular full-time employees and part-time employees. Then we have seasonal employees because as you know, we have the country club and, mm-hmm. and our hotel and food service um, in addition to the insurance industry of what we're supposed, what our majority of our work is. Mm-hmm. And with those seasonal employees, they're only there for the summer. So we, we treat them differently. And then we have another population of the contractors and consultants that we actually don't run through job data. We have a bolt-on that houses their data. Um, So we try and keep them separate, but in dealing with our existing population, it's, it's a little hairy around springtime when you're trying to uh, get all your seasonal employees in the system. So I haven't really been involved in that talent acquisition piece of it because that's all on the Oracle cloud system. Right. Um, but having them within PeopleSoft right now, our seasonal employees share a position number. And we're finding that that might not be viable in the future. 
when it comes to guided self-service, right. which we plan on implementing um, starting later this year or next year, or how it's, I'm trying to think, it, it's mostly having to do with guided self-service yeah. and, and how we handle position management. We realize that it's just not right. Right. Um, so we're going to have to do some work around that. Um, with our full-time employees, we're getting ready to implement fluid benefits enrollment mm -hmm. for our new hires and then also for open enrollment this year, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. When is your open enrollment? Is it November? It's October, last two weeks of October. October. Um, we're, and we're using the new onboarding functionality that comes with it. So awesome. we're fiercely trying to learn it and get it working right. <laughs> Because as you know, nothing works the same out of the box for every company. So that's right. Yeah. Yep. And everybody has their own way of wanting wanting to do it. But I'm yeah. I'm glad you have that as a goal for this year yeah. um, um, to get it done. And you always know that you can reach out to us. And, oh, we do. And that goes for any every <laughs> customers. You know, it, it's always good for us to know if you're trying, if you're planning on implementing, especially something new like that. Um, what we do is we end up giving support a heads up so that they know when your go live date is so they can be there for you. Okay. Uh, but also if there's anything that we can do to, uh, you know, answer questions, tell you where the gotchas are, or maybe even put you together with another customer that's done it. Right. You know, we're, we're there to do that. You know, I can't express to you how appreciative we are of having these relationships with the PeopleSoft team, with, with your team in particular, you know, because back in the day, it was just a ticket through the system and you didn't really know anybody and you didn't have a chance to talk with them. And it seems like these past few years, the relationship has gotten stronger and the communication between Oracle PeopleSoft team and the, and your, your users of the system have just gotten tighter and it's, it's very much appreciated. I appreciate you saying that. I'm definitely going to share that um, with our leadership because they um, they value it and I value it too. I mean, um, you know, it, it's hard for us to measure, but we really value being able to have our customers be successful with what we do. I mean, there's nothing that we have more pride in. I'll, I'll just speak personally. There's nothing I have more pride in than when I go to a customer's site and I can see up on the screen that they're running PeopleSoft, right? Mm -hmm. um, or um, just last year I was boarding a plane and I saw one of the flight attendants on United on their phone had the PeopleSoft um, employee self-service on there, right? So, yeah. you know, just to, just to see things like that um, and then hear from, you know, Hopefully by October, I'll get a, a note from you saying, we just went live with open enrollment, you know, and I share that with everybody in the org and the developers and the QA folks and support and strategy and, and our leadership and everybody, it just gives, uh, gives us a pep in our step because awesome. um, then we know we, we did something right. You know, we did something to add value and um, it may sound hokey, but it's very, um, it's, it's really what drives me. And it drives my team. I know that yeah, for sure. I don't think it's hokey. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I just, uh, just, uh, we just take pride in it. Yeah. Um, so th those are some, those are some big projects. And, um, you know, what we found is that um, with all the configuration options, customers are able to figure out what they want to do. There's always going to be some gotchas. Um, we're going to be there to help you through the gotchas. Yep. 
Um, but because of the way our features are de developed, we, we don't develop it for a specific industry or specific customer. It's kind of the 80-20 rule in a way, right. the old 80-20 rule. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen around configuration? You can pick whatever example you'd like, but what are some of the examples around configuration that you've seen that's been um, maybe a surprise, a, benef a beneficial to you guys that, um, that maybe you weren't expecting? Anything along, anything you can think of? Uh, I think we were surprised to see with the onboarding tool, the onboarding functionality that first off that it was available to us <laughs> and that it was pretty much mostly configurable and we could set it up any way that the business wanted. Um, that, that was impressive. And I, I think that's great mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And we're, we're just now seeing things out there that, you know, if back in the day we would have never known because it was all a customization and now we can see, Hey, this is configurable. Now you can go into a page and remove uh, a field that you don't want anybody to see, or, you know, just a, a header or something. You can change it easily without having to go through the whole object, checking it out and doing customization log and all that other stuff. It's, it's yep. done. Yep. It just, it, being able to make changes functionally through configuration has really freed up a lot of our resources to do more important things. Interesting you say that because um, I, I think some people think that, oh, well, if I do, if they do everything through configuration, what do they need me for? You know, but that, I, I think it's a, it's kind of a pessimistic view of having a tool that can do more for you because now you can use your creative side to think of ways to, not only do more quote unquote customizations, right? They're basically configurations, but also maybe figure out how to get rid of some of those older ones that we've done in the past that cost us each time we have to upgrade. Exactly. You know, and I'm all about automation where it makes sense. I mean, we have a lot of manual processes that really benefit from automation. Um, you know, we're working on a five-year roadmap right now that could include like fluid life events or HR analytics, talent management's really big right now. Um, it's, it's a hot topic because it's a completely manual process. And the opportunities that we have with the functionality in the system and being able to configure it to our needs it is going to really expand the usage of the system. Yeah, I, I agree. I think more and more customers see other customers be successful with them. I think that they start to look into it. Uh, we do have still some customers that are like, yeah, you know, I don't want to be first. <laughs> I want to see some other customers, um, you know, go through the, go through the pain first. And then once, once they, they're successful, then I'll do it. Um, and that's fine because I think, you know, a good portion of our customers are conservative that way and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but then we do have some that are willing to try um, willing because they're willing to learn and, and, and they know that they have that relationship that they're not going to be hung out to dry. I mean, they're going to, you're going to have support mm -hmm. and we're going to get you through it. And, um, and then at that point you can share your story with other people. Right. Right. Yeah. We're definitely not one of those, the first to implement something, but we may be third. <laughs> there you right. go. Third is okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is okay. Hey, uh, look, I, I work in the tech industry and I don't even consider myself bleeding edge. I mean, I, I'm, I'm never the first one to take the, the iOS update when Apple has, has, has their update come out on their <laughs> you phone. You always wait till the second one. I always have my kids or somebody do it first, <laughs> you know, uh, because I just, I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to deal with anything that may go wrong if I'm trying to demo something for work. Right. Exactly. I don't mind personally if, things go a little crazy and I've got to maybe, you know, reset some things or whatever, but um, you know, everybody has their own tolerance. And, right. And that's, that's the beauty of the people solve customer community. It's not homogeneous in any way. It's uh, um, it's, it's very fun group to, to work with. Definitely. Um, I had, a, I, I wanted to touch on something real briefly about, you mentioned the seasonal employees mm -hmm. that you have. I, I was, I don't know how much you were involved in this. I'm guessing that you were, but can you talk to a little bit about kind of what the, what the company's response has been with the whole COVID pandemic and how you've had to handle, you know, what you would normally do during this season, right? I mean, it happens during spring. It started in the spring. You've got the, 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 the golf courses coming up and the lodging and the, and you've got the conference center and you do weddings and, um, I'm just curious if you, if, if there's anything you can share about what are some of the things that you guys did to handle what you normally would do when it comes to personnel moves during this time? Um, I know all that activity pretty much stopped for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, and then it took them a while before they decided what to open up. You know, the, the golf course was supposed to open in what, March or April, and I don't think it, it opened until a couple months later. They've definitely reduced the number of seasonal employees than they normally get because people aren't booking weddings right. because you can't have large gatherings. Right. The hotel was closed, which I didn't know. Yeah. I had a bunch of rooms booked for it. The hotel was closed until yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to run around and find another place. Um, so we didn't have to worry about those additional employees. I really don't know what else that they've done. They, the company has been very transparent about communicating all of the work that they're doing and trying to protect their employees and making sure that they're safe. If they have to go into the office or at, on the country club or on the golf course, they're, they're ensuring social distancing and everything. Um, even with our seasonal employees who are only working maybe four hours a week or something. Yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting um, dynamic because not everybody has been doing everything the same way. And so you have to kind of develop your own rules uh, and, and, and consider the safety of your employees mm -hmm. uh, while trying to figure out how much can we really open for business or not. I, I, think, the, I think you guys have been doing a fantastic job. The communication has been great. Thanks. Um, and uh, overall, it's, it's, there's never really a right way to, to do this because nobody knows what we're supposed to be doing in general. But it's, yeah. it's just interesting that your organization, not only do you have to deal with uh, specific industries, like we, we mentioned, golf and lodging and uh, places that you host for uh, large gatherings, but then you also, your organization responsible for the PPP program, right? I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're processing loans you know, from the, from, uh, from, uh, what's all been going on over the past couple of months. So you guys have been pretty busy. Yeah, very much so. And I think 
when when all that happened and they sent everybody home to work from home, we had no lull in workload. I mean, I think some organizations had problems with transitioning to work at home and and being virtual, and we did not skip a beat. Yeah. The entire organization, everybody just just ran with it, and no claims got missed. They they still kept moving along. It was really it was really great to see. Yeah, you adapted and you're resilient, and you, we figure out a way, right? I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, we figure out a way. It is a great organization. The last thing I wanted to um, ask you before we we wrap up here is, given your position, you've been working with PeopleSoft for quite some time. You do. You're a product owner now with with uh, at Westfield, and you run the the Orug Group. Any a, any advice you would give to PeopleSoft customers right now that are, you know, trying to travel, negotiate the the pandemic right now, and trying to figure out what what projects are priority and what are not, and trying to get the most out of what they already have in PeopleSoft. Any any advice that you would have, um, given your experience that you'd have for, for a PeopleSoft customer around this time? I, I think this is a great opportunity to look at your existing processes where you have pain points in them. Look to the system, check out the community, um, go out to, I think that there's, um, what the PeopleSoft portal mm-hmm. would provide information and like I did, I just went out to people books and started researching opportunities of functionality that maybe I didn't know were there. Yeah, absolutely. And then just present it to the business. Yep. I think uh, we've got plenty of resources now, way more than we've had before, even going beyond people books. And um, there should be enough there to at least understand the value of it, what it would potentially take. And then like you said, explain it to the business why you think we should do it. Absolutely. Well, Laureen, listen, I do appreciate the time. Um, Things went by very fast, but uh, um, I really do appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts and and your experiences with with everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robin. Have a good time. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the PeopleSoft Chat Podcast. If you have any feedback or questions, please feel free to reach out to Robin over email at robin.validum at oracle.com or on Twitter at Islander33. We invite you to listen to our next podcast when Chelsea Vin Clark, Product Manager, Statewide Fiscal Systems for the State of Texas Comptroller of Public Accounts, joins Robin to talk about how her group handles upgrading and maintaining a PeopleSoft system for 87 agencies and their experience moving their PeopleSoft instances to the Oracle Cloud infrastructure. Yeah.